Welcome to The Satisfaction Project, your adults-only guide to escorts and other independent sex workers with Aussie escort Georgie Wolf. This is episode seven. For a lot of clients, requesting your first session with a sex worker is a really big deal. And even though it's just another type of service, there's definitely some stuff you need to know if you don't want to be turned away. So this episode, I'm teaming up with sex worker, writer and sex work activist, Jessie Sage, to cover the basic etiquette you need when you send that first email or text message. Hello, how are you doing? Good, how are you doing? Yeah, pretty good, although I'm still recovering from the fact that it's four o'clock where you are and it's like seven in the morning where I am. <laughs> it's only three o'clock though, so. Oh, right, well, that's fine then. <laughs> yeah, we had a daylight savings time, so we're, uh, the schedule's all messed up, but I know, you're you're in tomorrow for me. I'm in tomorrow, you're, it's like magic, yeah. it's like time travel, yeah. so cool. <laughs> How's Tuesday? I Well, I, well I, I guess I'll make it because I'm already in Tuesday. <laughs> Hang on, who's in Tuesday? I'm, I'm confused because it's so early in the morning. I think you're in Tuesday and I'm, I'm in still Tuesday. in Monday. Oh, my God. Tuesday is looking good so far. Good, okay. Because I'm getting to interview like a really fucking awesome um, sex work activist and I'm super excited. Thank you for being here. I'm excited here. to talk to you. Yeah. <laughs> I've got some questions for you, but before we start, there's a couple of disclaimers I have to share for our listeners. Firstly, we don't speak for everyone. This is an opinion-only zone. Um, Second, there's no legal advice here either. So for everyone that's listening, it's your job to know your local laws and follow them. And last, remember that everyone does things their own way. So no matter what, please follow your sex worker's advice. And now that we've gotten that bit out of the way, I would love to know, Jessie, um, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, your work, um, and what what you do and what you've done? Because you've done some pretty cool stuff. (laughs) <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah, so I'm Jesse Sage. I am Pittsburgh based. Uh, for those of you who don't know uh, the United States, that's in Pennsylvania. I am I've been in the sex industry for seven years, probably. I was an online worker um, for a long time and then um, transitioned into uh, in-person work. And I'm also a writer. I've written sex columns. I write for Trist. Um, I ha- And I do a bunch of freelancing. Actually, that's kind of how we started talking about this because I wrote a piece for BuzzFeed recently and interviewed you about etiquette um, and how to reach out to a sex worker. Um, and I'm working on a book right now. I have a book coming out whenever I finish it um with that's West Virginia University Press yeah so I'm really <laughs> excited about that it's my first book and um let's see I ran uh I co-hosted Peep Show podcast for many years with my partner PJ and we're gonna do four more episodes and then wrap that up at 100 oh. episodes and um I uh co-host we on the horizon with Melrose Michaels so oh. Lovely. And that's a new one too. That's a new podcast, isn't it? Yeah, we have three episodes out. It's been very fun. So exciting. <laughs> I'm going to make sure that I link to both Peep Show podcast and um, and your new endeavor as well. Yeah, the thank show you. Notes. But that's sad about Peep Show. I didn't realize that you guys were wrapping it up. Yeah, I mean, it's a it's we're at 90. We've done 96 episodes. It's been something that we've been doing since 2017. And it's great. And we've met so many people through it. But, you know, he finished his he was doing a PhD when we started it, he finished that and has a full time professor job now. And I'm writing my book. And there's just we're just in a different place and have not enough time to do all of the things, but it's been, it's been amazing. Like talking to sex workers for a hundred episodes is amazing. 
So good. I've really enjoyed the episodes. Um, and yeah, once you hit that number, you've just spoken to so many people and you have so, I imagine you get such a big breadth of understanding around people's needs and how they work, which is why you're here because you're yeah. the perfect person to answer these this question, right? Yeah. I feel it's almost funny because we started this show when we were like baby sex workers and I'm almost embarrassed. I don't even want to go back and listen to the first episodes. <laughs> you know, I'm sure they're, I'm sure they're fine, but we've just, in, we're just in such a different place like four years later and after doing 96 episodes worth of interviews. And in that time I was also writing a weekly column. And so there's just been like so many people that I've talked to and learned from that I just feel like a totally different person at the end of that. This is what they say about writing. If you don't look back um, at your work a few years ago and feel embarrassed by it, you haven't grown. So it's a yeah. good sign, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I The same thing about my work. I just had an article that I wrote probably in 2018 come out in the new um, sex work um anthology we too and I hadn't read it in forever and so I looked at it and I was like oh that's kind of cringy that I said that <laughs> you know it's just you get like you just gain a better understanding of the movement and uh the nuances of that you know when you start something things are a little more mm -hmm. black and white and then you realize that you didn't know as much as you thought you did so you learn more right yeah but people still profit from your earlier stuff and I'm sure they're still out there enjoying all that stuff and they're not being critical at all and they're finding it really useful. So it's all useful. Yeah. Like, we we are. Good. We are our worst critics. Oh, I'm terrible. I'm just <laughs> absolutely. The, uh, the imposter syndrome is strong with this one. Yeah, same. <laughs> <laughs> but look, I feel like I've got a pretty good handle on etiquette because I've been doing um, independent mm -hmm. escorting for like 12 years. Mm -hmm. Um, and you've been in, you've been doing full service work since before the pandemic. And then I kind of took mm -hmm. a break and then came back to it full time. And that's my, my bread and butter now. Yeah. 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 Right. So I feel like we're kind of across this. Um, and it is important to talk about, like, I, I know that I spend a lot of time on the internet talking about how, um, sex work is just another kind of service and, you know, it's mm -hmm. just another kind of business and we should treat sex work like work, which it is, and we should treat it like any other kind of business. And that's true. But yeah. there are also, uh, you know, if, if you're approaching a sex worker, there are some things that you do need to know that are specific, that you specifically need to know in order to get it right. So, mm -hmm. uh, you know, it isn't just like ordering a pizza. You don't just call up and go, I want one hot blonde one. <laughs> Uh, and if it takes longer than 15 minutes, it's free. That's not how it works. So, um, right. but if, if you're a first timer, maybe uh, you might either have no idea or you might think it's just like, uh, you know, calling Pizza Hut. Mm -hmm. um, and both those assumptions would be wrong. So I guess, I guess my first question is, um, like, do you get a lot of first timers? Have you met a lot of first timers? And what, what are the things you notice that kind of go wrong the most for people that haven't done uh -huh. this before? Yeah, I do get a lot of first time inquiries, especially since I built a brand before I started doing full service. Like I think that changed who my clientele was because there was people who followed me for a long time and only maybe interacted with online material. And then suddenly were what? like, wait, you do this? Like that might be something that I'm interested in. <gasps> so, you know, for that reason, I've gotten a lot of first timers and I really like that. I think that's really cool. You know, I'm trying to answer this question. I'm thinking about it because I'm thinking that a lot of first timers do a really good job, actually, because they're, mm. they're not sure what to do. And so they're like, lay, they lay everything out for us. Like, I've never done this. I'm really interested in it. How do yes. I go about it? And those ones who are like open and who are like, how do I do this are great. Um, and I can't tell. There's so many people 
that don't even make it to like the screening process because they send messages like U of A avail A V A I L. You know, hey. I, I don't know if that's a thing in Australia, but oh, it yeah. is here. It's so um, is hey hey babe. I'm like, okay. Hi. So, and <laughs> Oh my God. So what percentage? If you could put a number on it, what percentage of people actually make it through to booking stage from inquiry stage? What percentage just get turned away? Um, I would think like 60% just get turned away because they never follow up past like you avail or hey, babe, or um, or those middle of the night. Like I'll wake up in the morning and at 1.30 in the morning, somebody will send this text, you available? Uh, can I come to you? And huh. I'm like, no. Question mark, question mark. <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> or then they get mad if you don't respond and they're like, you know, what do you, uh, you know, then they'll send more question marks or I guess you don't want my business. And I'm like, no, I don't want your business at one in the morning. <laughs> so, I mean, I have to say that the people who knew, I, I may have a fairly skewed experience because I had a following before I started, but I feel like those who like, knew me and came specifically to me, even if they've never booked anyone before, like do a pretty good job of saying like, Hey, I've never done this before. How do I do this? What information do you need from me? But those are the more serious people, the people who just see my ads, um, and reach out. Um, you know, I, I don't know if especially, you know, and sometimes people don't want to say they've never done something before. And I think that's a mistake. Actually, I feel like, I feel like it's better if people just say, this is my first time. I don't know what I'm doing. Can you walk me through this? Because I never mind. I know there are some people who, there are some providers who I see on Twitter saying like, I don't want to be the first person. I don't want to hold your hand, but I don't mind doing that. Like, I, I feel it. like it's, yeah, I do too, actually. <laughs> I feel like honored. I'm like, oh, you, you, you just want to do this and out of everybody, you picked me to do it with you. Like that feels great. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Um, but the ones who I feel like some of the mistakes is just like um, either being like too explicit or not um, not giving enough information. Those are like the mm. biggest things. Not giving enough information or giving too much information. It's kind of like a Goldilocks thing. So, <laughs> like, right? Yeah. From mm-hmm. from hey or your Val or or even like hey can i see you it's like well when where how and why <laughs> right. um but yeah. then it's like hey babe i'd love to ram my cock so far up your ass that you etc yeah. etc and um, you're like i'm what? never going to talk to you <laughs> right uh, yeah i mean it's different i think for you guys but i don't want any like explicit messages about sex i don't want I, I don't want them either but let's talk about why you don't want them because you're from the u.s so that there's a reason that you don't want them that's probably quite specific to your location yeah i mean it's it's not a you know it's not against the law to pay somebody for time but it is against the law to pay somebody for sex so the way that you know a lot of people in the u.s work is uh being like you're paying me for my time and you know if we have sex during this time <laughs> <laughs> then, you know, whose business is that? But, you know, it just happened. You know, people have sex sometimes when they get together. Um, but, you know, making the transaction about sex and very like explicitly for sex is the thing that puts uh, U.S. based workers in legal jeopardy. And so um, it's it's a red flag to me if people if I haven't met them yet are saying like, well, 
are there any extra services that like I would need to bring extra money for, for example, like anal sex or something? They're, they're trying to fish around for like what acts are, are up charges. And, you know, I, that always makes me a little suspicious that they're trying to catch me putting Out. prices on sex acts, um, which, you know, I won't do. And U.S. providers are, uh, should be very cautious about doing as well. So that's almost for most workers in the US, that would be instant bin of that message. If someone says, I want sex for X dollars or how much would you charge for insert sex act? Um, right. Like mm-hmm. that stuff, that's that's never going to get through uh, specifically yeah. for that reason. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's, yeah. it's also complicated, like for me, because I, like I said, I did online sex work for a long time. So I don't mind doing like, um, I still will do like phone sex calls or sexting sessions or things like that and just have those as a separate thing. And, um, you know, I, but I, but you know, it's interesting. I took those services off Trist because I found that it became like fairly complicated because there are things that I'll talk about when they're in a sexting or a chat session um, or a you know phone sex session that I wouldn't with people that I'm going to see. And a yeah. lot of times those clients are like, oh, well, I'd like to see you, but let's do a phone session first. And it's really hard to split up like, wait, is this a fantasy or are we planning a date? And if we're planning right. a date, I can't um, just go into a fantasy on the record like this. you know it's it's right. really complicated yeah it also sets expectations in a weird spot like we can fantasize yeah. and talk about all sorts of stuff with the people we play with verbally and it's fun but you can go a lot further into a lot of different oh, totally. places in fantasy than mm-hmm. you would in person so we right. you know it's not a great way to explore i mean i know that sometimes people say it is a great way to explore with a partner what you might find sexy and might want to try. But I think maybe for a sex worker, it's not a great way to explore Mm -hmm. things you might want to try later because a lot of the stuff that we might talk about is fun to talk about um, and fantasize about, but isn't something we'd actually do as a service. Right. There's so many things that are dangerous in person that aren't dangerous, obviously over the phone, like um, obviously like impregnation fantasies or come play or, mm-hmm. um, you know, lots of things that like are STI and pregnancy risks that, you know, as a sex worker, you're just not going to take with a client. And um, it would be, it's really hard if you're going to dive into a fantasy like that with a client who wants to do both in person and like online services to roll that back when you <laughs> see them. And yeah. oh, all those things that we talked about, those actually aren't going to happen. It makes things complicated. And when it comes to setting boundaries, it makes the boundary setting complicated because, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, uh, and it's not, I'm not going to say it's, difficult to remember people's boundaries when someone tells you what they do and don't do then we remember that stuff but then uh you know it's like well then there's we need a list to the stuff that we can talk about on online and the stuff that we can do in person and because you can't explicitly have that conversation anyway it's going to make it really hard to set those boundaries clearly yeah that's 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 it's that reason that i've like kind of separate that stuff out and i'm like there are in-person clients and there are online clients and when those Mm. things crossover it's a little too complicated <laughs> it's difficult yeah. yeah yeah interesting and look I'm I'm similar to you in terms of not wanting too much sexually explicit stuff in the first contact but for mm-hmm. probably for a different reason or slightly different reason so in Australia um 
generally speaking, although the laws across states vary, um, but independent escorting is allowed in most states of Australia, Mm -hmm. which means that it is okay to contact a sex worker and say, hey, I really want to try anal or, hey, I really want to Mm -hmm. try a threesome. Is that something you can do for me? And I, I very much encourage clients, if you're in Australia, to ask specifically for what you want and for, to say that you're a first-timer, hey, I've never had a threesome before but I yeah. would like to. Mm-hmm. But what I don't want is, hey, I wrote this like five-paragraph erotic story <laughs> to explain what, uh, <laughs> to explain the scenario I want to happen <laughs> because yeah. at that stage we are we don't know each other. Like, you know, when we don't know each other well enough to, ha- to dirty start dirty talking. It's like mm-hmm. calling a stranger and suddenly trying to dirty talk with them or walking up yeah. to a stranger on the street and trying to dirty talk with them without getting their consent. Like, you know, sure, like once we're together and you're paying for my time, let, I will dirty talk the hell out of that and it'll be great. Yeah. But the but the first text or email is for arranging the booking and I don't want, uh, you know, the, the fantasy situation doesn't start then. It starts when the time starts. So when, whenever someone yeah. says send something really sexually explicit, I get the feeling that, the getting off on me reading their porny stuff is part of yeah. the mm-hmm. fun they're getting out of it. And that's not cool because I'm not getting paid for that. I'm right. only getting paid for the actual session time. So, you know, keep it professional until it's not and then, yeah. you know, and then go for it and then back mm-hmm. to professional is is my mm-hmm. preference. Yeah, yeah. That makes a lot of sense. And that rings true for the, the time that I used to do um, – a lot of custom clips too, is that people would say like, would you be willing to do X, Y, and Z for this custom clip? But then sometimes like my spidey sense would be like, they're not actually going to order this. They're getting off on like negotiating it with me because then now I have to listen to them talk about their fantasy. And that feels like naughty exposure to them. You know, that there's this whole game that is okay. Yeah. Part of the service. But if they pay for it, it's totally yeah. fine. Yeah. There's nothing <laughs> it's shameful. To get out of paying for it. That yeah. makes it hard. Yeah. Yeah. The bit that we're down on is not talking about your fantasies or expressing oh, yourself because yeah. that's fine and it's hot and it's great when the other person has consented to that. Like, you know, when we're in our session time or when you're paying for it. If you're not paying mm-hmm. for it, it's not cool to. Right. Put that oh, stuff yeah. I mean, else. one of my favorite things about being a sex worker is hearing everybody's like sexy fantasies. I love right? that. Right. <laughs> I get this portal into people's brains, like into their erotic imagination that other people don't get. And it's so awesome. So yeah, tell me all your secrets, but like on the clock. (laughs) On the clock. So it's always on the clock. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm an enabler. I love finding out things that people haven't tried. Even if it's Mm -hmm. their first time with an escort, I get super excited to introduce them to that. Um, Yeah. uh, But to do that, we we need to be asked so that, you know, someone needs to say this is my first time. Someone needs to say this is what I want if you can within the law. And Mm -hmm. it's sounding like obviously there's going to be a bit of a difference between where I am and where you are as to how that Mm -hmm. happens. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Is there any any other immediate disqualifications, immediate hazards that that clients should avoid when booking? Um, So not Um, too little information, too much information. Yeah. And when I say too little information, I mean, like, I want to know, like, when they want, when they're thinking about something, what part of the city they're in, you know, I mean, I usually do like in call, but I want to book something in, you know, the kind of the area. Um, What, uh, you know, how long they're looking for? Is this a one hour date? Is this a four hour date? Does this include food? Like, You know, like, what mm-hmm. are we doing? So I think that, um, basically like on a very basic level, I want like the name and then whatever screening information I ask for and when, where, when, 
how long they want to do that. Um, and you know, so not giving me that information, making that be something that I have to like pull out of someone is really frustrating. Um, I think that, um, too explicit, being too explicit, um, asking for particular, uh, sex acts, um, is something that I don't engage with. Um, I don't know. What, what do you think? Or what are, what are your sort of red flags? Yeah, look, I, I think it's like, um, it's like when I went to journalism school, it's the mm-hmm. what, what, when, where, why, who, right? So it's mm-hmm. the, the, it's your name. Um, it's, it's what you want, where you want it. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I like the why. I'm like, hey, I, you know, I love a, pl- a client that says, uh, hey, my name is so-and-so. I'd like to meet you and I'd like to try this because it's something I saw in a porn flick once and I really like it or because I always planned to do it with my ex-wife but we never got around to it and yeah, now mm-hmm. that I'm divorced, I'd mm-hmm. like to have that little bit of why because it helps me understand the client if they if they have access to that. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that too. Yeah. Although what I don't want is like an essay that I have to read. You know, like one or two paragraphs is great. <laughs> yeah. So again, the too much, too little. And this can be tricky, mm-hmm. especially with people that maybe aren't used to having these kinds of conversations. So, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes when we've got all this stuff around sex um, and we haven't been able to tell anyone and suddenly there is someone who might listen and who might help, I can right. understand mm-hmm. why it all just comes out, you know, you know, it might be mm-hmm. a five, six, seven, eight paragraph story because this is really important stuff to people. But, right. but remembering that your worker is still a stranger to you. So mm-hmm. sort of gradually you want to open up bit by bit. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, offer a little bit about yourself and then when you get positive feedback, offer a little bit more as opposed to doing a big um, intimacy kind of like overshare info dump. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have to say too, another red flag for me is somebody immediately talking about another worker and um, saying something bad about them. I found that there are some um, uh clients who are gossipy and want to talk about like all of the encounters that they've had with other workers. And I don't necessarily want all of that information. (laughs) This is more of an experienced client issue. I reckon like it's a bit like Mm -hmm. you do want to look like you've been around the tracks a bit maybe. And the Mm -hmm. way I think the way some clients try and show that they're experienced is to go, oh, and I saw so-and-so last week and I've seen this person and that person. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like we do sometimes ask for references. So it is useful to know um, the name of someone you've seen if, if you have their permission to to share that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, but, uh, but yeah, you're right. There's something that's a little bit, because privacy is so important, right? In this line of work. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that when I just see like, oh, I've um, seen all of these people and um, yeah, there's just something a bit like, I yeah, references are one thing, but like sharing a bunch of information about another provider that I wouldn't necessarily know, I don't like that. <laughs> well, this is like, you know, when someone gossips to you about someone and the whole time, whenever this happens to me, I'm sitting there thinking, I wonder if you gossip to other people about me the same way that you are about that person. Like this is why we shouldn't speak ill of other people behind their backs, not because they might find out, but because the person we're talking to will be like, oh, is this how you treat people when when they're not around? Like, Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, if somebody gossips about one provider or just one person in any context, you could be sure that they're going to do that to you at some point too. So As well. Yeah. Yeah. And anything that is going to make me more nervous 
during a session, I think is a bad move for a client because, mm-hmm. you know, anything that makes me more anxious means I can't relax, which means we're not going to have as good a connection, which means we're not going to have as good sex. Like it's all yeah. snowballs mm-hmm. from there. So like being com- everyone being comfortable and trusting mm-hmm. is really important. Mm-hmm. You don't want to trigger any of those little things that might make a worker think that you're a bad client or the cops or right, um, right. Or you're going yeah. to, yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Cause that's, that's not fun sex. The sex where you're afraid no. your client is a cop. That's not, no, no. <laughs> oh, so bad. Um, yeah. So I guess maybe that would, that would be my thing maybe like, and this is tricky, right? To say to clients, okay, I want you to try and avoid triggering those little things that are going to make workers anxious right. uh, because then they would say, well, what are those things? What are those things that workers need reassurance around? And I guess it's things like the same as for any sexual encounter, like that they, that person's going to respect my boundaries. Right. Mm-hmm. You know? And I feel like part of the screening process is to get the information that you want, like their LinkedIn or whatever. I don't know what you guys use, but um, but part of it is to see like, is this somebody who's going to provide for me what I ask for? Mm. It's also like a structure, you know, so are they going to follow directions? Are they going to give me what I want? And so it's a little bit about the thing you're asking for and a little bit about, are they going to respect my boundaries? Are they going to try to make me feel comfortable? If they blow all of that off or argue with me about why they should give it, then I feel like in a session, they're also going to try to push boundaries or not care about how I'm feeling about something. And so that it feels like there's these sort of exercises, if you will, like in place that are about a couple of different things. Let's talk about screening briefly, just in case anyone's not familiar with this, in terms of the really common things that clients are going to be asked for when they Mm -hmm. book a sex worker. And I know that the US has, you screen or you don't see your sex worker basically, right? Yeah, I mean, I can't speak for everybody, and I know that mm-hmm. not everybody is privileged enough to be able to like right. pick and choose clients. So I don't want to make blanket statements, but um, but yeah, I would say that like I, for me, and for a lot of my like colleagues, um, yeah, they won't take somebody if they don't provide the information that they ask for. And the pretty, the fairly standard thing for very obvious reasons is a LinkedIn that actually has connections that show, and that's just like, I think some clients who aren't thinking through this think that I'm asking like, what sort of job do you have? Is this like a high-end job? How much do you make? How much money do you make? And I don't care about that. All I want to know is that you have a job that looks legitimate that's not law enforcement. (laughs) I'm only screening out one job and anything else that they do, I don't. I don't have a strong preference for that. I'm not looking to only be with white collar people or anything like that. Um, So, you know, proof of work and just an ID that matches you to that person that you just showed proof of work. Mm -hmm. Like those are the two main things. What do you guys do? Is it similar? Yeah, it varies. And again, um, you know, absolutely supporting any sex worker's right to choose how much screening or what screening or any screening at all that they're comfortable Mm -hmm. doing. Um, um, I do ask for a deposit. Um, I do too, yeah. Yeah. Um, some workers will ask for photo ID. Some workers will ask for um, LinkedIn or other c- kinds of identification. Mm-hmm. It just depends. It does vary quite a bit. Um, yeah. But I, I, what I like to s- and this, you know, like I said, the, all workers may get to choose. 
Um, mm-hmm. But I encourage all clients to see screening as absolutely inevitable and yeah. um, mm-hmm. because I think it's it's just a thing that comes with territory and getting mm-hmm. comfortable with the fact that you might need to hand over a little bit of your personal details so that worker can feel safe is a really good practice. Right. Yeah. And some people who are reticent to do that will say, you know, that it's too big of a risk for them for whatever reason. And they aren't considering like how big of a risk it is for us to do this work, you know, like we may not give over our real name and ID, but we do, we are already like taking a risk so they can meet us in the middle. Right. From a practical point of view too, um, seeing a sex worker where you haven't provided screening stuff and they're super nervous that's going to be a pretty awkward encounter because they're going to be super right. anxious the whole time and they're not going yeah. to be able to relax. And if you do have sex, it's going to be really anxious sex where they feel like they can't trust you. Like, no, nope, mm-hmm. you're kind of wasting your money at that point. Um, right. If you're going to do it, do it properly. Screen so that the worker can relax, so that they can trust you, so they feel mm-hmm. comfortable because having a date with a worker that isn't comfortable is just right. going to be pretty pretty bad in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, totally. And there's nothing in it for us to um, share any of that information, which is something that I think that clients should understand too. Like, I'm not walking around telling the world who my clients are. (laughs) There's just, you know, especially in a small city like Pittsburgh, um, Mm. you know, it's, I just, this is my business. I'm not going to like mess up my business gossiping about clients. I just don't do that. There is one last thing that I would like to chat quickly about. Mm -hmm. It's something around not taking things personally. So, you know, I get a lot of messages and inquiries from people who are, who have no intention of booking and they're not clients. Mm -hmm. They're just time wasters. Um, I have Mm -hmm. get a lot of messages from people who are trying to date me or who just want to have a bit of a wank or something like that. And again, Mm -hmm. these are not legit clients. So if you're a legit client and you're trying to get in touch with a sex worker, if you're new and you put a foot wrong or something like that, you may find that you get turned down. Mm-hmm. Uh, you may find it difficult and it's easy to take take that personally and mm-hmm. to feel that it's not fair if you're turned away or turned down. And I guess I just wanted to point out just how many time wasters we get and that it's really easy for a worker to become very wary and that if you, yeah. get, that, if you get that vibe from a worker, it's not because you're a bad person. It's just mm-hmm. because of those experiences you don't even know, like you also don't necessarily know who you're reaching out to. And there may be reasons that they say no, like you might be too close in their social circle. (laughs) You know, once you figure out, like you have an idea and you know who this person is and you're like, I don't, I haven't met this person, but I know they work at my ex-husband's office. Like, you know, you're just going to like turn people down that are too close in your social circles Mm -hmm. too. And you don't want to call somebody out and tell them that. So there's lots of reasons to turn people down that have nothing to do with whether they're good or not. (laughs) Right. I mean, one of the things that you said at the beginning that, you know, we, we always say when, uh, you know, that sex worker rights people particularly like, like to hammer is that sex work is work, but like sex work is also sex. And I think that like, we need to like, think about that. And when mm. we're go- when clients are going into it, like when we're entering into these spaces, like with them, it's, there's so many, you know, when we were talking about like, you do want to give, um, you know, the dentist, when you call them a sense of like why you're going there and when, when you're available to go. And it's the same thing with sex workers, but you have different feelings about having your teeth clean than you do about mm. having sex. And so, right. 
you know, we, we do need to be like thoughtful about how we go into these things. Include clients also need to be thoughtful, <laughs> not just us. We can't Everyone needs to be. Yeah, well, yeah. we're quite good. I feel like I'm quite good at this point at sizing up and sort of guessing what my clients might want, but it's so much easier if they give me the why. If they right. go, oh, I just got mm-hmm. divorced and I just want to get a bit of practice or mm-hmm. I haven't gotten laid in a while or there's this thing I've always wanted to try and it feels safer to do it this way. Give me the why so I've got a bit of context. And if, yeah. if you don't have the why, if you're they're like, oh, I want to see sex worker, but I don't know why, maybe spend a bit longer thinking about that because mm-hmm. if you're not, if you don't have that reason in yourself, maybe you don't have enough information yet to actually arrange a good date with a worker. Maybe sit with that and think about what you want out of it. Well, yeah, I think that that's a really good point because if you don't know what you're going to try to get out of something, Mm. then you may find that you're disappointed with it, but you're disappointed in it because you're trying to get something that you don't know what it is and you haven't communicated that to the person that you're hiring. And so, you know, it sounds like I'm kind of talking out of both sides of my mouth because I'm like, don't say, especially in a U.S. context, what it is you're looking for. But you can say that without it being about sex acts. You, you could talk about. Yeah, you could still say the why. You could still say I'm going through a divorce. You could still say I'm lonely or I you know, haven't been with someone in a long time or um, I'm just getting over an illness or um, I've been in quarantine for a year and a half. I mean, that's a right? good enough reason that a lot of people wanted to see sex workers, you know, so much. and I think that, um, you know, having, being able to communicate that also makes it like, I go into a session different if I know somebody's coming because they're in a stable relationship, but they, their partner doesn't like this one thing and mm-hmm. they want to be able to explore. And I'm like, okay, that's one thing. Um, the, widower is a different thing, you know, like there is right? like very different sorts of reasons and you can't really cater to those if you don't have a sense of what people want or what they're coming right. for. Yeah. It doesn't have to be a lack or a bad thing. It can also no. be, I just really want to feel good. I want to spoil myself. I feel like I've had a really long year and I decided that I deserve something indulgent or something fun. Like that's a why too. It yeah. doesn't have to be something negative. You don't need to have an, ex- it's not an excuse, right? But it, right. I understand why some clients feel they might need to justify. But right. no, you can just, you can say, I actually just want to have fun. And I thought this might be fun. That's a why yeah. too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. Hmm. Yeah. And if, and also I think if you're going in there knowing, I mean, that's also a different thing. If somebody says like, I just want to have a good time and I haven't I've been working a lot. That's very different than I lost my wife two years ago. And you realize like one is kind of playful One, you're meeting also like an emotional need. You know, Mm -hmm. there's like a lot of different reasons that people come to us. And I think that having a sense of, yeah, I don't know. I remember I used to think a lot about that when I did phone sex because um, when I did phone sex, like for obvious reasons, like volume was much higher. So I would talk to, you know, many people a day and it would be like whiplash going from like this really kinky thing to somebody crying because their wife died to like, you know, fears about, um, this to sex education because our sex education system is shit to like, you know, like, and oh they would just God. like, by the end of the day, my head would be spinning, but it gave me, um, uh, actually I'm really glad that I did that for years before going into full service because I feel like it gave me, um, kind of a shortcut to figure out like just by how people are talking, like what are they doing? Why are they here? Um, right. what do it's they need? Yeah. So many different options. There's so many reasons. 
and this and of course we need that information because this is these are the possibilities right that's right. incredible yeah yeah oh my god this has been so really many good. things yeah <laughs> we actually went a bit deeper than i thought i thought it was going to be like and give them your phone number but actually there's more to it than that and getting you know people getting their heads around that mm-hmm. stuff around the the reasons they're there and being able to communicate that just so huge thank you yeah thanks for this awesome chat um i would love to know where um, our listeners can find you and your various projects um, because you've got quite a few. Yeah. um, The biggest, the most obvious place is Twitter and I'm at sapiotextual, T-E-X-T-U-A-L. And that's the first place. I have a website, jessiesage.com that has a bunch of my articles on it. Um, peepshowmagazine.com where we have our podcast and then also a lot of articles from different people in the community and on the horizon is and that's horizon w-h-o-r-i-z-o-n on the horizon the new project is everywhere you get podcasts and on youtube so yeah that's that's where you could find me i would try twitter first twitter and then please check out on the horizon h-o-r I can't even spell it's too early for me. I'll link to all this stuff. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'll link to all this stuff from the show notes. Please check out Jessie's work. She does amazing stuff. And if you're interested in learning more about the industry, this is a really good place to start. Great. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Anytime. Thanks for joining us. If you want to become an expert sex work client, head on over to the website for more articles, your questions answered, and exclusive member-only content. The address is www.satisfactionproject.com. 